Welcome to episode 106 of Auto Off Topic. What's going on, Andrew? Not much. Uh, we've got a guest this episode, Brad Brunell, automotive journalist. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Brad. He is an automotive journalist, <laughs> podcaster, uh, creator. Not anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's safe to say former podcaster at this point. Okay. He's, yes. He's gone, he's gone yeah. from podcaster to professional podcast guest. All right. All right. Yes. I'm... I'm saying this for the future. Maybe you'll have another podcast. You know, uh, maybe, uh, probably not. <laughs> your fans, your adoring fans, miss the soothing sounds of your sweet voice on a weekly basis. I'm, three shows. I'm sure that is the case. It just it got to be the point where it was taking up way too much of my time for, you know, my actual professional efforts. Right. So. So yeah, it just uh, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have my heart in it anymore, and I don't want to deliver a half-assed product. So, and it's uh, way it less, to... way less stress to just guest on somebody else's and let them do all the work. Let us be the exactly. Yeah, let yeah. us be the half-assed product. <laughs> right. Perfect. Welcome to our half-assed exactly. product. Welcome to our half-assed product, Brad. But I you guys like... put a lot of a lot more effort into it than I do. So I, I love your show. Um, I listened to. Uh, last week's episode this morning. So yeah. excellent, cool. That was the last week was a bit of an experiment driving around. Um, oh, it must have been two weeks ago then, because it was the one about wheels. Okay, that's two or three weeks ago. Yeah, but yeah, but definitely. Oh, okay, that's okay. All right, but then my phone's not up to date. Hey, listen, the fact <laughs> that you listen at all means that we have at least one listener, and that makes us happy. At least one. There you go. At least one, even if he's not up to date. Yeah, like I said, even if we're screaming to the void. Doesn't really matter. We're still having fun a, every week. I have a lot of traveling to do, so I, I listen to a lot of shows. Yeah, you do have a lot of traveling going on. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, yeah. um, most of us that listen to most of you that listen to our show probably know Bradley from the Camden Tub Podcast or the DFL Show or his short-lived yet very good podcast, <laughs> uh, Cinema Opinions with with Lane. Um, yeah. So that's where you'll know him from. Uh, he's I actually miss doing that. That was a fun show. I, yeah, I miss your recommendations. I was, I'm, only, I'm only half kidding when I say people miss your voice every week because I did count on <laughs> cinema opinions to find out what movies to go to. So <laughs> I have to confess, I never listened to it. It was a good. Show. I hadn't gotten to it. <laughs> yeah. I was saving it up, and I was like, oh, and then I'll wait till we have 25 episodes. Now I can, I can catch up. Go through them. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never be behind. Well, that's true. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, so Brad is the former host of those three shows. So if you don't know Brad, yep. Brad Lee, yep. we're going to call you Brad Lee because most people do, and my name is Brad. You can just gonna... call me Tub if you want to. That's no, fine. That, that's, that's, <laughs> we got we to gotta get away from that. We want to typecast you, my friend. All right, all right. So I saw had you down here as the – are you the creator of Radwood? Was it – I believe um, – was it originally your kind of idea? It was I. I was the one that uh, pushed everybody to actually do it. Okay. Um, and I I don't remember the exact turn of events, but I think I think eighties and nineties was my quote unquote idea. Yeah. Um, but we had talked about doing an event. So yeah, I don't know. The I we just had this conversation today. I need to go back and listen to um, the episodes that were around the creation of Radwood. Yeah. Because we we kind of talked about it on on various podcasts. So uh yeah, it was like 2 years ago around Monterey Car Week. We were maybe a little bit before. 
um, we started talking about that. So well, that makes yeah. me feel better because Andrew and I have been talking about doing our own show for about a year now. So we still have another. I feel like <laughs> more than that. We had like a vintage imports idea like years okay. ago, and uh, just never got around life, to it. Life got busy, and now we're yeah. you know floating in on the backs of your your efforts with Radwood. So it's all good. <laughs> So I would say that you're part of the the strong hive mind that created Radwood. A, yes, a, a strong that, is, a strong, that is very true. A strong part of that would be Bradley's influence. Yep. And it others. was like probably six months of going to event, going to other events, and seeing the other guys that are involved in Radwood, and being like, "So when are we going to do this Radwood thing?" Right. Um, and and pushing them to go, "Yeah, maybe this isn't such a bad idea." And then we eventually did it as kind of a lark um, just for us and our friends. And then it turned into like a, a nationwide thing. So, and here we are. Yeah. Which is awesome. And here we are. Yeah. Here we are about a month away from our, I would call Andrew and mine's. Um, it's our home show. It's in our backyard. Home yeah. show. It's our home show. Yeah. Like it's, it's less than a day's drive. So it's our home show. <laughs> We're taking it and running with it. It's like yeah, home Philadelphia. It's going to be good. It's yeah. like a quarter of what we drove to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, it's even less than that. I mean, I've done, I've gone further for less, but I commend you guys for the uh, dedication to the cause. We've also gone further for less, so it's okay. I mean, the, <laughs> to be fair, the grid life was a good attraction to it. That was a for us at sure. least, to to check it out because that was a yeah. neat show I'd been hearing about for a number of years and I wanted to check out. So it was worth yeah. it for that too. And Road Atlanta's cool, Road, and yeah. the food is food in the area is good. You get to go to a Waffle House. Yeah, anytime we're south of Philadelphia, we go to Waffle House by <laughs> by law, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, by law. Yeah, yeah. And, Andrew and I had both been to Road Atlanta, but believe it or not, on two separate occasions, never together. Which is strange for those who listen all the time. Probably know that Andrew and I seem to do everything together. <laughs> but he he he, you've been down there for. It was Petit Le Mans, the Petit Le Mans, yeah, and I'd been down there for the Walter Mitty Vintage Sports Car Races in like 2006. I've been to both of those events, and yeah. they're both awesome. Yeah, the Mitty was a good time, but that was back in, yeah, that was probably oh six, oh five, oh six. It was a long yeah. time ago. So before we get too far, uh, Brad has had a long and varied car history. This is Bradley. Bradley. <laughs> this is confusing. <laughs> and yes. uh, he enjoys a good clunk bucket like we do. And, uh, however, all that's been well covered <laughs> online and on the Camden Tub podcast, so we're not going to go down that road. No. We are. No, he's a very, I, he's... Did, I did just get a new project car, though. Okay. What is that? We can maybe talk about that for a minute. We can. So, I'm sure people are familiar with my crappy MG that I had for a bit. Yeah, the yep. hoodless, windshieldless wonder. Yes. Uh, I traded it. For a 924S, a uh, 1987 Porsche 924S. Seems like you got the better yeah, end of how, the deal. How many drugs did you have to give him before so, you decided to make the choice? So I effectively purchased or traded for it as a shell. It does have an engine in it, but it it's an automatic car that does not have a transmission. So uh, there's, no, there's no third pedal, there's no cluster, there's no shifter there's no linkage there's none of that um i'm effectively pulling the entire drivetrain and and installing a, a different one so um yeah 
I have this idea of making a track car. I'm going to put a um, Volkswagen 1.8T uh, out of like a later Passat, like a 2000-ish Passat. At AWW block or whatever. Uh, yeah, AEB or something AEB, like that. that's I don't one, know. yeah. That yeah makes, there's a few yeah. different ones. That makes sense because it's the yeah. right... Uh, it's facing the right direction. Yes, exactly. And um, and I'm debating between a uh, 944 turbo gearbox and a six-speed out of a 968. So the, um, that's a transaxle car, if I'm not mistaken, correct? It is a transaxle car, yes. So the gearbox yep. is in the rear of the car. Is in the rear, and there's a uh, torque tube between the middle. Much like a Corvette. And then you put... Yes, and then you put a uh, an adapter plate and a custom flywheel on the um, the bell housing that's on the torque tube, and then you can bolt a 1.8T to it. And do they make an adapter plate for that? There is a company that does make that oh, adapter plate. Sweet. Yes. All right, that makes that makes the whole swap less daunting. Yes, for sure. Uh, the the only thing is, I would have to fabricate like engine mounts. And uh, it requires modification of like the intake and the exhaust and stuff like that. But yeah, minor. In the I figure for a race car, it's going to need all that anyway. The har- the hardest thing in any kind of engine swap is adapting the transmission to the engine. So yeah, if somebody yep. makes a kit yep. for it, then you're halfway through the project already. Yep, for sure. So um, that's going to be like a Radwood track car. Um, it's going to get like a full Bob Aiken uh, Coca Cola livery from the. From the late nine, 1980s. Nine, yeah, the 935 style Coca-Cola. Yeah, 935. They also had a 962 that was similar. Okay. Um, they had a couple of different 935s. They had one that was like practically a prototype. And then they had one that was a little more round, like a um, like a Kremer K3. Okay. So anybody who knows Coca-Cola uh, yeah. knows delivery pretty much. Because it's a red car with like the Coca-Cola ribbon. And just the words yep. Coca Cola on it. What's so. Coca Cola? I've never heard and of it. it. Says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then on the back quarter, it says Coke is it with an exclamation point. <laughs> right, which is awesome. At like an at yes. like the aggressive angle behind the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And so that ours is going to say rad is it. Cause... That's pretty rad. Yeah, I, do, rad. I do like that. And it'll say radwood instead of Coca Cola, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. Like but that. in, like, Coca-Cola script. Oh, of course. Up. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with this. I like the idea All of it. All custom. Because you're putting yeah, a cool. more modern four-cylinder in, which mm-hmm. with, you can just reflash it, and, like, even without probably putting a new turbo on it, it's already going to be way faster than what was in the car. Right. Without, without oh, an yeah. engine. Oh, yeah. Well, so... <laughs> without an engine, <laughs> so it's faster the... than it was originally, so... Correct. So the good thing is that the uh, 1.8T is actually like 200 pounds lighter than the 2.5 that came in it. Okay, so that's like an iron block versus an aluminum? Yeah, okay. versus an aluminum. So so that's one of the big things. And then stock, it made around like 190-ish, 200 horsepower. That's not bad, though. And No, no. The, oh, the 1.8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, stock yeah. one probably made 90. And the, All right. <laughs> The stock 2.5 made 150. Okay, which actually isn't bad. So, no, yeah, it basically like uh, a 944 or a 924s basically has the same performance statistics as a new BRZ. Like it's it's a little bit slow. It's uh, about the same weight, about the same power, and 
acceleration and cornering and stuff are all about the same. So it's like it's like a twenty five year old or thirty year old BRZ. Okay, so I'm, I've I've had a hankering for a nine twenty four for a long time um, for that particular reason because I thought, always thought they were mm. underappreciated, you know, fairly inexpensive point of entry into the world of Porsche. Yeah. So yeah. 24s are a different story. That's a, a two-liter Audi motor. Yeah, no, tw- uh, a 924S is what I always... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah later, the, the 24S is basically just a, a narrow-body 944. Right, and so. as the owner of a narrow-body Starion, it kind of appealed to mm. me to have a narrow-body Starion and a yeah. narrow-body 944. So. Yeah, perfect. But love, gotta love the unloved. Mm-hmm. My coworker has a 944. Does he? Yep. Excellent. I always Different wanted, to, yeah. I mean, just saying, it's, well, in, it's in similar. My, in my Starion days, I always wanted a 944 as well because it just made sense, being the same kind of basic design. So, speaking of like the collectability of 70s, 80s, 90s cars, like 944s, when I look for them on Craigslist, swing in mm-hmm. price like so wildly, it's bizarre. Yes. Like yes, well, a a very well taken care of one is worth much more than a trash one. Like the first one I bought, um, was $1,500. This was a few years ago at this point. It was probably, uh, seven years ago. It was $1,500. I drove it home. It was great. And now, um, you know, one just sold at auction A 944 turbo just sold at auction for like 79,000. That's absurdity. Yeah. So, um, admittedly, that's like a perfect low mile example, whatever. But yeah, all for por- sure. all Porsches float on the Porsche tide. I guess. I mean, it took a long time, but they're getting there. Um, I mean, I remember when you could get a nine fourteen for like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, as do I. I looked at lots of them. <laughs> I never pulled the trigger, but I did look at more than one. Yeah, because there were times where I drove them, and I was like, I don't know if it's worth, like, five grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is it really, a, is it really like, that much of a driving experience that it's worth that much money? Because it's basically like a Volkswagen Targa, right? Yes, it it, is. It's, it's kind of great. I'll, I've come around on it. I, I basically didn't pull the trigger because I was poor, but... Uh, I've come around a lot on 914s in the time since then because they were way ahead of their time, I think. I agree. They, they're uh, a great car. I, I've, like I said, I looked at a lot of them. I even myself looked at an air-cooled 911 once and just didn't pull the trigger because I was with, without within two grand of asking price and couldn't mm. get to where I wanted to be. Uh, that <laughs> that asking price was sub ten grand at the time for a two oh. for a two owner seventy four Targa. But yep. um, obviously yep. that car's not sub ten grand anymore. So no, no, nope. that wasn't again. That was probably at the same time period. Ago. It was probably seven, maybe eight years ago. Is that the one Man, that was your that's... neighbor's car? Yeah, he wanted nine. I was at seven, and at the, t- wow. at, at the time it was because the car had been sitting for a long time. It needed work, and but it was a like a almost like a golf blue. Don't want to say that too loudly and offend Bradley. Um, <laughs> I, no, I, I like the color. I just don't like. I don't. Well, I don't know the proper name of the Porsche color, but it was a '74 Targa. Uh, it could have been Golf Blau. I mean that. Okay. They had that color. It was yeah. definitely. It was definitely a golf-like blue, so it could have been. Okay. But it was, it was a '74 Targa, 
um, factory AC two owner car that had been sitting mm-hmm. since like eighty nine or ninety. It's been sitting for a long time. So at the yeah. at the time, to me, seven grand was all the money in the world because in my mind it probably needed a seven thousand dollar at the time engine rebuild. So. Yeah, probably more than that. I mean, yeah. even when the cars weren't worth anything, an engine rebuild was still twelve grand. Right. So I so. couldn't bring myself to spend more than seven grand on the car. And yeah. Now you know, in you know, the the looking back at it, obviously I should have spent seven grand on the car. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, but uh, it's hindsight is twenty twenty, as I said. It is, so. and and I know myself. It probably would have been parked in my garage and not touched, and I would never would have done anything with it. But way the Porsche bubble went, it would be probably a twenty something thousand dollar car now, or a thirty, yeah. or maybe even more. Who knows? It's yeah. a Targa, so a little yeah. bit less, but still. I mean, we've talked about that before. How we somehow just picked. Well, we picked Mitsubishi's. We picked lousy, and nobody <laughs> wants them. So none of our cars have really appreciated that much. No. No, just a little bit, tiny bit. Super clean ones that are known, like Starions, like a late model clean Starion. I've seen them go in the teens now. For a low mile one, but yeah. there's still most of them around two grand or free. Like the the black car at Radwood, that's a, that's an expensive car because that's an '89, yeah, and it's a, like a forty five thousand mile car. So that car yeah. would be that would be a low teens car. But again, the one with the red. Wait, oh that oh the the Starion, the yeah. Starion, yes, yeah. not the three thousand GT. Yeah, that was a gorgeous example. Yeah, it was perfect. It doesn't yeah. they don't get any better yep. than that. So yep. that that would be a, probably a mid teen thousand dollar car, but some three thousand GT VR fours are also trading pretty high too. Yeah, I like how we have the Porsche guy on. We're right back on Mitsubishi's real quick. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm into Mitsubishi's. I'll I'll give you that. We're I mean, the, I would probably we're I'm probably never going to buy one. We'd have a collection of Porsches if we could afford it too. You know, it's just one of those things that just yeah. kind of you got to get Somehow, it at the right time. Somehow, as a guy who can't afford it, I have four Porsches right now. So, yeah. right, and that's good. However, that happened. That's good. <laughs> so, but if you ever needed money, you have money to you know you could sell them and make some money. Uh, yeah, maybe the nine twelve E I could probably make a profit on. Uh, the Boxster is worth almost nothing. But almost nothing is um, still more than my entire collection of Mitsubishi's. Probably not. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I paid I for, what I, I paid I for get, them anyway. I bet I could get three grand out of it. Really? Oh, yeah, maybe. Given it's <laughs> you kind of ruined it. Give, given it's uh, given it's why you ruined status, I guess. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. you could, but nonetheless, those are getting pretty yeah. inexpensive now, aren't they? Oh, they're real cheap. They're that's like the only thing that that comes down. It's yeah. crazy. It's like Miata money now. Really? For, for a box? Yeah. yeah. Are they like they were? They were me out of money when I bought mine. I bought mine for seven thousand. Yeah, it's cheap. And a good NB is like seven thousand. Yeah, even a good NA so. is up there now too. Are they like totally yeah, trashed sure. at that price? Or are they? You can get a decent car yeah. at less than ten grand. Yeah, mine was nice. It had uh, it had some scratches in the paint, and it had like ninety thousand miles. And I drove it. I mean, another. I mean, it was at one hundred and twelve. I think when it was crashed. Um. I didn't crash it. Somebody ran into it in a parking lot. So uh, since then, it's just been like a, you know, basically the insurance company gave me all the money I paid for it. So I just beat it. And yeah. Net gain at this point. Yeah. Sure. Yes. <laughs> We've had a few cars like that. It's okay. No. So like, I've actually never driven a Porsche. 
ever. Of any kind? Nope. Come visit. Hmm. You can drive all of them you want. But if I wanted to buy one, like what would be the best entry-level one to get into? Probably a boxer at this point. I mean, oh, for sure. First-gen boxer? The... Yeah, the the driving experience for the money trade-off is, like, incredible. Because it's one of the best driving cars. And a lot of it has to do with the sound, too. It still has that flat flat six sound. Yeah. Yeah. And even the early cars, the 2.5 cars, had non, like, IMS problems, I think. So They still have it, but, yeah, it's not nearly as bad. Like, if you get the the really early uh, 97s and 98s, those are like a one percent failure, and then like the ninety nines and two thousands are like a four percent failure. And even that, most so, of the ones that were going to fail already have. Yeah, there's really no like, it'll do it by this mileage, but if you basically you treat it like it's a replacement part, and like every time you replace the clutch, say sixty thousand, seventy thousand miles, you replace the IMS bearing at the same time, mm-hmm. you'll probably be okay. And even worst case scenario, it's the kind of car where the motor blows up, you just buy another one. Yep. Like not another motor, another car. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yes. Because another another motor is like five grand. Right. Really? So it doesn't make much it doesn't make any sense. So are they But sorry. What yeah. I'm gonna do is I'm gonna drive it till it blows up and then put an L S in it. So That sounds like a plan. I love I love your plans of grandeur, Brad, because I have all of these I same, have I have all these same plans of grandeur, so I like that somebody I else I have ideas. Yes. I have ideas. I have many, many ideas as well. I love that we're on the same page. I think What you, would you say you do here? I'm an idea man. Yeah, a hundred percent. I have a lot of ideas. Every car I own's got some wild plan for it, but most of them just wind yeah. up getting the oil changed and driven. Now, is on the Boxster is the service like engine out on a lot of stuff, or is it can be serviced? No. Nope. Yeah, all of all the services I've done have been engine in, and really even a clutch and stuff, you take the transmission out hmm. rather than the engine. They don't have a very scary proposition to own. They're no, but, and, and I've money. done all. I've done basically all the maintenance myself, and uh, they're they're pretty easy to maintain. And from what I hear, Andrew has a torque wrench, so he'll be all set. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, since I work on so many different things, like I keep needing to find weirder and weirder and different things to try to fix. Well, I don't think yeah. a boxer is that weird, but it's definitely different, different layout. Nah, yeah. they're they're super simple, super simple. Everything like you can get access to the entire top of the engine, and then there's an, an access hatch in the. Hmm in the um, passenger compartment where you can get to the accessory belt and everything. So it's just like so working it's... on a 85 Toyota van. The access from the, from the passenger compartment into the engine compartment. Yeah, sure. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or Chris's Delica, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> no, neat. Anyway, so we have a topic to talk about today, Andrew, do we not? We do. Um, I mean, I guess we're going to talk about Car shows. Yeah, because we have the creator of the coolest current car show, car show or one of the creators. Don't offend everybody else. Um, but I was at, you know, we've been, we grew up going to basically boomer shows. Yeah, well, because our parents are of that generation. And pretty much I feel like since the 80s through now, they've been the same exact show. Mm-hmm. With yep. the same cars. With the same exact cars. <laughs> and the same uh-huh. exact people. 
And uh, and Saving Zach modifications. Yes. And a Saving Zach music. Yep. And a Saving Zach accessories. <laughs> yep. In the same exact parking lots. Yes. Pretty much. Probably, yeah, more or less. Yeah. And then the when you show up to something that's a slightly newer than 1974. Yeah, you get the turned up noses and the get that <laughs> Jap crap out of here. And then the complaints about this generation's not into cars. Right. Right. It's like, well... This generation's just not into the cars that they're into. Yeah. Right, and which they have those to are the under- only cars they care about. Yeah, which they have to understand they're not into the generation the cars the generation before them was into. So yeah, yeah. you don't see a lot of uh, pre-war cars at cruise night. You no. do, but a like, few. it's not like a lot. And it's mostly the guys that are ninety-seven and still able to drive them that are driving. Yeah, them. I know there's not a lot of fifty, <laughs> sixty-year-old guys driving around in Model Ts, stock Model Ts, right. anyway. I will have to say, though, we were at that Cars and Coffee at the beginning of the summer, and, Mm -hmm. like, a kid in his mid-20s to early 30s rolled up. I think he's younger than that. In a Model T. Yeah, that was pretty pretty, pretty awesome. And they had to live locally, because it was right in Boston. Dude rolled in off the street in downtown Boston, in a Model T, jumped out, (laughs) took his girlfriend's hand, and walked away like it was a normal day occurrence. So, it was pretty cool. And the kid was, I I would even say, probably early 20s. So, it was really neat to see. You know, parked I, it up like I, a boss. I guess the only fun thing is, I mean, I like muscle cars. Oh, of course, I own a muscle car. Yeah, but Brad, Bradley owns a muscle car too. But I, not anymore. You don't anymore. <laughs> no, I sold my '68. Oh, okay. My little my little brother bought it from me. Did you in turn buy his '86? No, he decided he wanted to keep it. So I no longer have a Mustang. This is the first time my in my driving life that I have not had a Mustang. That's interesting. I'm yeah. kind of sad to hear that because I've never not had a 68 Camaro. <laughs> so I, I wasn't really emotionally connected to the car. Um, I haven't even I haven't turned a wrench on it in 10 years. Um, my brother has time and money. So he's going to try to get it restored and make it nice. And he told me I could drive it whenever I want, which is part of the yeah, sale. That's good. So the, 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 it's better for the car and it's yeah. not going away. And Yep. And uh, I kind of decided that even if I were to get it out west, because um, it was in Michigan for a long time. Right. Uh, if I were to get it out to my garage, I would rather spend time working on Radwood cars. Okay. Yeah. And it it doesn't make sense to put effort into a car from the '60s when you run a show for '80s and '90s cars. Well, you got to be careful so. not to get yourself stuck in that in that one little thing either, and kind of enjoy. There's so much. There's so much in the '80s and '90s though that I'm, oh, there is. Most of my I'm bucket list way cars. Okay with it. Yeah. Most yeah. of my bucket yeah. list cars are probably '80s and '90s cars with a yeah. few. A few outsiders. Well, '70s mostly. I mean, I've I've still got the '70s uh, 912 that I can. Right. Mess with if I have to. So. Well, well, that's the problem is that for so long, '60s cars have been unattainable for younger people because mm-hmm. they're so goddamn yeah. expensive. Yeah. And like, I would love yeah. to have a '60s car, but I just one right now I don't have the space, and two, I I can't afford one. I can't spend yep twenty five thirty grand on an entry level '60s car. And um, and more. More than that, they're a little more finicky than stuff from the 80s and 90s, too. Oh, for sure. 
What are you talking like, about? They're so simple. <laughs> yeah. They don't make them like they used to anymore, Bradley. That's right. That's right. I mean, you have to you have to tune carburetors. You have to do... I mean, I'm not opposed to that stuff. It's just, you know, you guys drove a thousand miles in a, you know, without messing with anything, aside from your charging issues. Uh, excuse me. It was uh, 2,500 miles. I meant Sir. one way. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> Yes, it was. Um, it was, it was like, very simple. Yeah, but it's much harder to hop in a sixty-eight your sixty-eight Camaro and go two thousand miles in a weekend. Yeah, it's also a lot more money in gas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I haven't. I have never done a long, long road trip in the Camaro. I've done like a two or three hour trip, but that's about the tops. So, so maybe anyhow, I should make that, I should yeah. make that happen. I, I am probably Car going west soon. So yeah. Um, Ooh, cross country would be cool. I might drive um, that cross country. Yeah. So recently, uh, actually, just before Radwood, um, there was uh, there's a big car show here in Reno called uh, uh, Hot August Nights, mm-hmm. and it's it's only for hot rods and muscle cars. The name um, the name alone makes me think that it's a boomer show. It's very much a boomer show, and I. I attempt to go every now and again because it, it takes up the whole week and it's like 20 shows across the city. Like each casino has their own parking lot show every day, all day. So like, so it's like, blue, it's like, like a, it's like blue collar car week. Kinda. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. Um, but, uh, the, you know, so I go to some of these shows and it's literally just people in lounge chairs sitting next to their car right in a hot parking lot and they they like don't they don't get up they don't talk to anybody like you know not to belittle him but a friend of mine took a car to this show and um there was another show across town that was purported to be for modern classics so anything outside of the realm of their, you know, 1973 cutoff is, is pushed into this modern classic show. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to that and I'll take some photos for Radwood and stuff. It'll be great. I drove by, it was like uh, a new Thunderbird and a couple of SM 95 Mustang or no S one ninety seven Mustangs and a Hellcat and a couple Camaros. I'm like, there's like 10 cars here. This isn't a show. Right. It's just, I'm not paying it's, to get in. It's just a few friends. It's a it's a used car lot. Oh yeah, um, that's 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 one of my problems. Current car shows, but go on. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I w- I was texting him and I was like, "Hey, do you want to meet at this modern classics car show?" And he goes, "Nah, I've got a good parking spot with a tree, so I'm in the shade." <laughs> I'm in the shade and I can't leave. I was like, what? So I went to visit him after I, after it was a bust. I went to see where his parking spot was. It was literally just parked on the side of the road next to a tree. And they had cordoned off this area of the road, so there wasn't any traffic or anything. But he was next to a tree and he just had like five guys in camp chairs sitting around talking. And they had been there since like 9 a.m. Awesome. And I'm like, what? how is this... I mean, you can do this playing poker or going fishing or 
I mean, I I guess it's around cars, but like you're not looking at anybody else's car. Yeah, you can look at the back of your car. Yeah. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. I, I had a similar you can, discussion. Do, you can do that in your garage. I had a similar discussion with my father this weekend because there were two local car shows this weekend. Yep. Um, both yep. of them were run by uh, people I know. One was run by Andrew's work, um, and one okay. was run by a friend of mine who's a police officer in a in a local town, and it was the police officer at the police department's car show. So I wanted to go right. to both shows. It wound up being about 125 miles of driving total. But before leaving my right. house, going to the first show, leaving the first show, going to the second show, and driving back home again. So I was talking to my father, and I said, hey, are you going to Andrew's car show in the morning? And he's like, uh, no, I want to go to the one, the Essex police show. And I was like, all right, well, Andrew's show is 8 or 9 to 1. 9 to 1. And the Essex police car show is 1 to 5. So you can leave Andrew's ah, show like a half hour early, and you can easily do yeah. both shows. He's like, oh, yeah. I don't know, it's a lot of driving. And I'm like, Dad, you're in cars. You collect cars. Yeah. The whole yeah. purpose of collecting cars is to go driving your car. Yeah. So you don't want to go to two shows because you have to drive too much? Why, we, why do we have cars? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't get this. Well, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's not a lot of work. You're driving your car. That's like... I'd much rather That's drive was, all day than go to any car shows, but I'm supporting these two local shows. What I was built for. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I did 125 miles in the 78 Colt, and I was totally happy with it. So. Yeah. That's the. Th- I mean, that's a short distance too. That's what a two-hour drive tops. Around, yeah. All told, like it's not that big a deal. Yeah. 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 So that's the funny thing when I go to a car show, or which isn't very often, or like a a cars and coffee. I usually jump out of my car. And then I don't look at it until we're leaving. <laughs> until I'm leaving, like yeah. I... <laughs> well, I think a lot of it. A lot of people that go to these shows, they want to show off. They're more into the look what I have than they are into the culture of spending time with other people, learning about the other cars, and seeing the other cars. I think that's the problem with a lot of it. But that's yeah. just my my take on it's, it. That's... It's be seen rather than see. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's the keeping yeah. up with the Joneses. It's the, oh, Tommy down the street to the 57 Chevy for 20 years. I can finally get a 57 Chevy to go to the shows with him and sit next to them and show everybody our 57 Chevys. Which, to be fair, is a way to enjoy your car if you want to do it. But it's not, I don't know, it seems kind of lame. Like, you're yeah. not, there's better ways to do it, I think. Yeah. Like, if I had a 57 mm-hmm. Chevy, I would autocross it. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? Just drive the things. Yeah. My my grandfather says that he ran Moonshine in a 55, so... so yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's kind of cool, yeah. That's not kind of cool, other than that's that, actually cool. Other than that, I think Tri-5s are kind of lame, if I'm being honest. Well, no, they're an iconic-looking car, but I think... Was, yeah. was, it a was it a Torchinsky article the other yeah. day on Jalopnik, where he's like, hot take, the 57 Chevy is kind of a blah car. Yeah. So, yeah, Bla- uh, Block Car Mondays, or Mac Car Mondays. Mac Car Mondays. Yeah, he yeah. did the 57 Chevy. Which he's not wrong, it's just a full-frame car with a solid rear axle and, you know, a bench seat. It's I, never, I never thought of it that way until, like, I saw that and I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of right. It was, yeah. But it, it was just an iconic design for the time. It became a symbol yeah. of Americana. And it's just kind of the pinnacle car of the 50s. And there's nothing boomers like better than 50s Americana. Yeah, so I think they're good looking, but no, they're a good looking car. But again, he was right. There's not much. It's kind of like a truck, 
<laughs> it probably drives like one. A modern <laughs> a modern truck is a full frame, same front suspension. Absolutely. Yeah. But it is what it is, I guess. And then I, I get a kick out of the people when you go to these car shows and you kind of like try to talk to them about their car and they're just kind of like, meh, like they just don't want to talk to you or like right. you're bothering them or it's like, well, yeah, why did you come here? <laughs> yeah. Nobody made you I come mean, here. <laughs> I'm usually at a show. Well, definitely at a show. I'm, I'm way more than happy to talk about my car, Yeah, but I'm almost never next to my car. Yeah, exactly. So right. like, so yeah, yeah I, would, I, I would rather like go somewhere else and, and talk to other people about their cars, anything else yeah. than, you know, I generally make an attempt, ostensibly, yeah, I generally make an attempt to walk away from my car when I park it at a car show for the same mm-hmm. reason. Like I'll park the car to go see stuff. Yeah. And then usually because my cars are weird, I usually attract a weird crowd, <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is, you know, I guess to be expected. But I, I've had some interesting, some interesting conversations with people about Dodge Colts that I never thought I'd have in my life. <laughs> um, who they don't know anything about them either. They just remember them. They have all these stories about them in the past, which is fine. I'll entertain them for a little while, but either, I need to eventually break away from this. Either they had one, or their uncle had one, or they know <laughs> they know for a fact that they were the biggest piece of shit that was ever put in the lot at a Dodge dealer. <laughs> That's one I've gotten before too. How is this thing still running? I know for a fact these were garbage cars. Like, actually, they're probably the most reliable thing on the Dodge lot in 78, sir, but that's okay. Probably the best Mopars of that generation. Oh, 100%. (laughs) But, hey, what do I know? I'm just a kid. Although, (laughs) which I also still get, even though I'm, you know, a couple years away from 40. (laughs) We don't have to to put that out there, but, you know, pretty damn close. My twentieth high school reunions next year. Like I've been in this thing for, I've been playing this game for a long time. Someone the other day told me I look older than my Porsche, and they were talking about the '76, and I was like, Ooh, "Oh, that's a that's ouch! A, thanks, yeah, ouch." Yes. Well, I've also had the. Did you buy this thing brand new in my '68 Camaro? <laughs> what? And I'm like, guy, yeah, like honestly, <laughs> let's do some let's do some quick math here. Do you get the? Uh, yeah. What year is it? Question all the time. All, what year is all, it? Yeah. What? So this is my question. What are they going to do with that information? Are they going to file it away in the mental Rolodex? And hopefully, in the future, they'll see my car again, and they'll be with somebody they can impress, and they'll be like, "Hey, that's a '68. Yeah. I yeah. know that car." I mean, maybe if it's I've a... had that question so many times. Yes. What year is it? Yeah. And people. Get... Oh, it's a 2017. Yeah. <laughs> People work really hard to get your attention, like at a traffic light, and they're like making yeah. all these hand gestures yes. and like rolling their window down. They're like, "All right, roll the window down." Like, "Like, hey, what's going on? What year is that car?" Uh, it's a '78. All right, thanks. Do you even know what it is, sir? I got, <laughs> I got one time at a at a gas station. I got the trifecta. I got, what year is it? How fast is it? Art. No. Oh, sorry. Oh, didn't I've, didn't I've mean been, to interrupt I've been you. Asked that. <laughs> I've been asked that before, but no, I got, what year is it? Are you going to restore it? Mm. And, and, uh, uh, how much would you sell it for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are all common questions. Now, again, yeah. going are back... you going to offer me cash yeah. right now? Yeah. If yeah, I tell yeah. you some ridiculous number. Yeah, exactly. Well, so there was, there was one time where I was at the gas station in my Porsche and somebody said, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm trying to buy one of those. And I go, okay. I mean, 
what are you looking for? And he goes, well, was this one for sale? And I go, everything's for sale. Right. Uh, and he goes, well, what do you got to have for it? And I go, that's not how this question works. Right. What do you, how bad do you want it? What are you willing to offer? Yeah. And uh, and he, he goes, I don't know, like $4,000? <laughs> yeah, you're not looking very hard, are you, buddy? I'm like, all right. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> hard pass. Hey, I know I know what I have. Yeah. Hard hard pass. Yeah, exactly. So I often get Rare. Yeah. I often get the are you going to restore it because most of my cars are original paint cars because Yeah. I prefer yeah. that look to it over a storage shiny brand new car. Um, Absolutely. So Same I get, boat. I get that all the time. But the one that I Admittedly re- admittedly, my Porsche looks worse than most. No, so you haven't I, seen my Colt up close. It's not that great. Um, the, paint, the paint is pretty bad. Like the roof looks like it was put on with a, a brush. Okay. Um, it's pretty bad. But the one that I get all the time driving a Dodge Colt is, what's that thing get? Like forty-five miles per gallon? <laughs> uh, negative. But I wish. It did, did anything with a carburetor get forty-five miles per gallon? Mm, don't think so. No. Maybe. Well, well, well actually, that CRX HF wasn't that carbed. Oh, was it? I, I don't know. I think mm. it was. I could be wrong. Mm. The the pedantic corrections department might have to come back next week with that one. And, Perhaps. Uh, Perhaps. And let us know for sure. But anyway. I mean, that's where drivable projects come in, right? Because my entire fleet. Yeah. I just was never, I could never, ever afford. I still can't afford to have a car properly repainted. Right. So right. I just buy a car with the nicest paint I can find or decent looking quote unquote patina. Mm-hmm. And just live with it, because otherwise, if yep. the if the bones are good, right, what difference does it make? Doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You're just trying, just trying to impress. At that point, like, I know you guys really like roadkill, and I'm not totally into it, right? But I get. I'm it. not like I'm not like over the top fanboy, but I watch it, and I get it. This most recent one made me upset. I have not seen it yet. They were just throwing cars off of mountains for but the that, fun of it. But that wasn't them. They went to a place where well, that they, hap- they went to a place where that well, happens anyway. Yeah, but it's still annoying. Like I agree. The same reason that I hate demolition derbies. Yes, I really despise that. Could, that, w- that car was once somebody's baby. The car runs good enough to run a demolition derby. It's not trash. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's. Uh, yeah. I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I I, All right. I have cars that are worse that I wouldn't demolition derby. This is how you end yeah. up with a giant yard full of cars. Hey Bradley, yeah, well, hey Bradley, you um, know what? I'm I'm moving out west, and I plan on buying at least two two and a half acres. So if you need some space, come on by. Hell yeah, we could save we could save all <laughs> the demo derby cars. I said that Brad is going to buy a ranch, and he's going to keep all his colts there. Yes, this is, ah. is going to happen. Ah, that's so. funny. I mean, I get it. Like, they fix up cars there just enough, a, uh, and they make them run. I'm there's just a place just outside of town here called Mustang Ranch, but it does not have uh, Fords. So, what it has actual horses? Uh, it's a brothel. I, I was oh. gonna say, isn't that a brothel? <laughs> <laughs> it is Nevada. Uh, okay. Um. Uh, um. I, think, I mean, don't. I, don't I think. <laughs> I think I'm glad I didn't know that one. Don't Colts take all your money too? <laughs> they do. <laughs> They do. <laughs> they do. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so car shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a great car show at the Mustang Ranch every year. I hear. No. 
<laughs> well, uh, that's where we get into. We'll jump right into the Radwood effect, right? So you guys created this okay. this car show for eighties and nineties cars, and in the same vein, I also didn't know about the. Brad recently told me about the Malaise car show. Yeah, Malaise, yes. Malaise Motors. And I'm yeah, there's of... one. They're in um, LA. LA. I, I yeah. honestly didn't know that it was a show. Yeah, it was um, a show for the first time this year. It was a uh, Facebook group. Oh, that grew oh, okay. into a show. Yeah. Okay. Or two okay. shows they've had now, maybe. Two shows. They they had one, I think, in Wisconsin. Yes. Oh. Yep. That was one. In, one in Los Angeles at a museum. It's it's significantly less um, produced than Radwood. Um, yes. It's more the people on the Facebook page organized a day where they all met up. All right. Yeah. So, but basically, yeah. what I'm getting at is these are car shows for quote unquote unloved cars. Yes. Cars yes. that aren't considered normal classics. Cars that we get made fun of for spending time and effort on. Yeah. Yes. Even though those same people probably got made fun of for doing that 30 years ago. Uh, anecdotally, I have a small story about that. My father talks about when he first joined our local car club, which we'll get into later. Yeah. Uh, the North Shore Old Car Club. Uh, when he first joined it back in 85 or 84. Because it was started it was. in like 55. It was and, started in 1955. And they were restoring pre-war cars. Yes. Um, but he wow. joined Yeah, he joined in 1984-ish, and he had a 67 Camaro. Might, actually, no, he joined in the late 70s. Yeah. And he had a 67 Camaro, and everybody in the group was just like, that's not an antique, that's just a used Camaro. So, it was. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all, this is this is a, a time, a time-worn, you know, thing that just happens through generations. That just keeps going and going and going. And But for some reason, and I don't know why, old cars stopped being old in 74. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the... It was the um, gas crisis thing. People just had this this vision that like cars died, car culture died with emissions. In yeah, in 1974, like there's no possible way to have fun with a car that was built after 74. Right, and that's what I don't understand. So, I mean, maybe yeah. in California where you're not allowed to modify a car at all, it's 74 and newer. But yeah, out here, even still, even still, there were tons of fun cars built. In 74. Oh, for sure. I mean... I own a yeah. 74. So, we're good. Yeah. I, have, I have a 74. Believe it or not, Dodge Colt. <laughs> <laughs> Story checks out. Would you Would you believe that I believe it? Yeah, I believe you believe it, yes. <laughs> Actually, you're talking about a pickup to 74, isn't it? Uh, no, it's... I think it's 76. The MG was oh, a okay. 74. Okay, so yeah, we, we had 74s lying around. Yeah. But basically, so... If you haven't heard us talk about Radwood before, which is unlikely if you're listening to this show, but it's for cars from 1980. Especially if you've made it yeah. 50 minutes into the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's 1980 <laughs> cars through 1999, which is what we're yes. calling the Rad era. Mm-hmm. And yes. this is was especially exciting to us because we had grown up owning late 80s and 90s cars. Yeah. I've pretty much owned almost nothing but Rad era cars in my yeah. life. Except for your 68 that you had since you were a kid. I have a 68 Camaro, I have a 71 SU, and a couple of Colts that are pre rad But you but... had those well after your early 80s and your 
early era of owning 80s and 90s cars, I would say. Yeah. Like, when you first started driving, that's what you were driving. Was I drove 80. an 85 Cutlass. Exactly. Got rid of it for a 90 Eagle Talon. Yep. Got rid of it for an 87 Conquest. Yep. So those are all rad era cars. And these were only, like, 10 or 12-year-old cars at the time. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, you couldn't go to shows with them. There was no shows for these. Absolutely not. There was owner's groups, yep. and that was it. Yep. There were um, internet bulletin boards. Yes. And that was about it. <laughs> so we were super excited when we first heard about Radwood, and we were like, darn it, it's in L.A. Yeah. Or actually, you're, no, sorry, your first one is in San Francisco. These are our people, and they're yeah. so far away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that basically, it's like, I guess it's our generation, right? You're in your late 20s to, like, 40s. Mm-hmm. These are the cars that you want to spend your time with, I guess. Because that's what you grew up with. And there's some outsiders. There's some younger people and some older people that have gone to these shows as well. Yeah. It's not just our uh, lame millennials. Self-identifying lame millennials. Yes. There's, there's others as well. You mean millennials that aren't into cars? Right. Yeah. Tell the 6,000 people that went to Redwood 3. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Redwood NorCal was a hit. Um, yeah, I find that our show is, uh, it's, it's leaning millennial with a little bit of Gen X. Um, our demographics, I mean, most of our social media, most of our advertising is done on social media, which is the millennial generation, So, which is millennial. Yeah. So we're going to attract more millennials, but, um, in that vein, we are, we're getting a lot of millennials. Like our, our main group is. Uh, like 25 to 35. Okay, so I'm not too far outside. <laughs> no, but yeah. it, we're... I know we've met a couple older people that have gone. Oh, for sure. And we Absolutely, know, yeah, yeah. And it's not like... It's not like they want to relive their past. Like, like they're stuck... They just enjoy it. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing to remember based on the, you know, doo-wop car shows that we're used to growing up with is... These are people who don't like what's going on in their current life, and they're romanticizing the past to a point where it's like weird. Like yeah, they, they it's want, very weird. They want the past to be the current. They want doo-wop to be on you know every FM station, or they don't want FM to exist. Yeah. I guess at that point, you know they want <laughs> yeah. they want to have cigarette packs rolled up in their sleeves and realize that. You know, this isn't going to give me cancer. Like, they're just, they're romanticizing right. the 1950s and the 1960s because they're not, I don't know if it's a sad thing or what it is, but they weren't old enough then to know what it was. Because, let's face it, most people who are in their 50s and 60s who are the ones that own these 57 Chevys, 63 Thunderbirds, you know, etc., are 55 to 65. And most of them are born in the 50s. Right. So they don't have a lot of memories of the 50s. So they're over-romanticizing what happened then. And they're not... Do- yeah. they, and they're taking it way too serious. I think that's and the I, big like, differentiation. The distinction... Yeah. The big distinction there is that I don't think anyone at Radwood is is honestly like the 80s and 90s were the best time. No. They're no. just a time that we have it's, cars from. So let's do something about it. Yeah. And that's it's it. like... A, it's it's tongue-in-cheek... You know the the dressing up and the culture and all that. Like it's just having fun. Where you know we don't want to go back to that time. It's more of like a, no, no. Ha-ha, we want. We want you yeah. know we can we can have fun with it. We it's can like go Halloween. way over yeah. the top. 
Yeah, it's a little bit like Halloween. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I I have pictures of from my parents of me at car shows in like 1987. Yeah. 1986 when I'm like five years old. Um, and I'm not even dressed then as ridiculous as everybody that goes to Radwood. So I know it's not really what it was. And, you know, Andrew made a point the other day where he was more, when we were driving to Radwood Atlanta and he said, man, I have all these accessories for the car with my game boy and my, you know, bag phone. It's like, we're getting dangerously close to like crying baby dolls and, you know, plastic food in a tray in the door. But at the same time, it's like, no, we're not because it's a joke. It's a game. It's fun. It's not yeah. like it's not like we're going to do this every Wednesday night at the car show behind the mall now. Right. Like, right. That's where it gets strange. I guess we're self-aware about it. Yeah. That I mean the 80s and 90s had their fair share of social problems. They weren't the greatest no times. There were there were some good times, but, yeah, but there were good times in every generation. There were good times in the 1950s, there were good times in the 60s, there were good times in the 70s. And there were good times in the 80s, but you don't you can't romanticize the whole thing and be like, I wish it was 1955 again, and I could beat my wife who stayed home and cooked me dinner all day. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not exactly like that. I was going to go more with, like, I feel like everybody thinks the 50s are the movie Grease. Like, that's what everybody thinks of when they think right. of the 50s. But it wasn't really like that. horrible movie. <laughs> but, yeah. oh, yeah, it is, that is possibly one of the top ten worst movies of all time. But even the movie Grease is an actual act actual is not an actual accurate representation of the 50s because it was made in the 80s. Yeah. Much like anything in the 50s. Fly. <laughs> well, and that too, but well, there's nothing for that no says reason. 50s nostalgia or there's nothing that says 1980s nostalgia like 1950s nostalgia. Yeah, this is very true. That's right. That's this right. is very true, which is why the only movie from the 80s that really got it right was Back to the Future because it took it uh, tongue in cheek. Yeah. It wasn't serious. It wasn't like, "Hey, this is the way the 50s was." It was more I don't know. It was fun. It was less. I don't know. Wife beater. Yeah. I get, well. I guess you have an eighty. Uh, you have a movie that basically captured both the rad era, peak nineteen eighties, yeah. <laughs> and peak fifties. Yeah. But it's more accurate and, in nineteen eighties. And and Back to the Future Two was peak nineteen eighties futurism. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Where's my flying Ford probe, man? I need. Yeah. I need one. <laughs> We were promised hoverboards. Yeah. No, I don't want a hoverboard. I just want a flying Ford probe. I mean, I want hell, a dehydrated pizza machine. This is true too. This is true too. <laughs> anyway, I want yeah video phone. Oh wait. <laughs> but anyway, the the great thing about Radwood is that it's open to anyone with a Rad era car, hmm? right? Or even not. What do you mean not? Like, show up to the show in costume. Oh, right, right, right. You don't right. have to have a car. Oh, yeah, you don't have to have a car. If you're just into yeah. 80s and 90s cosplay, come on down. Yeah. Like, we, we do, yep. do, do we have an 80s con for you? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to scoff at you. Nobody's going to make fun right. of you. They might make fun of you right. at the Starbucks on the way there buying your coffee. But who gives yeah, a crap? Yeah, but who cares? Yeah, who like, gives that, a crap? That's the thing is I think that I'm to the age where, like, I don't care. You're not trying to impress anybody. I'm, yeah, I'm not there to impress anyone. I'm just having fun. You own the house, you and got the girl. And if you want to make fun of me for it, yeah. Yeah, you own the house, you got the girl. Who you trying to impress now? Exactly. I get exactly. it. I get it. It is a little off-putting walking into a 
I, I'm just thinking back to Redwood Atlanta morning when we walked into the Starbucks and nobody cares. Stephanie you were the one that was like, I yeah. don't know. I was, I was. Maybe it's because I'm. You're the know. one that cares. <laughs> Probably, yeah. A lot of people dress yeah, like that I, now. Like, yep, yep. It's maybe. like totally normal to see people wearing neon again. Like it's, it's all come back. Yeah, it's I mean, people around. will look at you, but like, eh, I don't care. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so, we did. We kind of we had a whole structured topic for the show tonight, and we haven't hit our points at all. But it's cool because it's been a good open loose <laughs> conversation. I like it. Oh, uh, we roughly followed it. Eh, kind of roughly. Um, we so, couple- I, I will admit that I don't think that we really. I don't think Radwood has officially started anything. But I think we're riding a wave, and it's definitely added to it. Au contraire, sir. I do not. I do not agree with you because okay. I was right. at a completely non-Radwood related show this weekend, and there was okay. a Mark Cross edition Chrysler LeBaron wood-sided convertible, and it had okay. an original like 1984 Polaroid camera perched on the center console, and. I was looking for the owner of the car because I almost guarantee you that was a Radwood inspired move. Could have been. Because I, been. I I have never seen an eighties accessory in an eighties car at a car show. I think other than at Radwood, I think that's the first time I saw it outside of Radwood. And it was very prominently displayed in the middle of the car. Um and hmm. the guy who drive the guy I saw driving the car away was probably thirty five to forty five, somewhere in that age range. All right. So right. um, I was hoping to see him, but I didn't get to catch him. I wanted to ask him, you know, where he got the idea from or, you know, what inspired it. But I, I, I think that you guys have opened up the world a little bit more than you think you have to the acceptability of 80s and 90s cars as collector right. cars, as collector cars. It wasn't it wasn't five <laughs> years ago where I would have a hard time insuring an 80s or 90s car with a collector car policy. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I can't. I was this year... So the Gallant, I was through Grundy, and Grundy said no, they wouldn't insure my Gallant. It's not collectible mm. enough. Right, a limited mm. number run car with an actual production plaque on the like, dashboard. Okay, I will take my business elsewhere then. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I went to American Collectors, and they insured it for me. Right, along with my talent that I had with Grundy, my talent was apparently more collectible than the limited edition <laughs> Gallant. Yeah. That's funny. So I, I I do think you guys have I mean, yeah, you're definitely riding the wave that's already here a little bit. But you're taking it yeah, and I, you're I, you're bringing that wave to the masses. I think it's I mean, there's been a wave of nostalgia for the 80s and 90s since the 90s. Right. I mean, um you know, look back at uh, what was that? I love the 80s in uh on VH1. Yeah, in the 90s. That was in the it's 90s. The, so that yeah, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I don't remember specifically, but I get your point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was uh, uh, U.S. TV series. I was looking uh, it up as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys definitely had a right. Okay, it was two thousand two. Yeah, it was two thousand two. That's so, almost right. the nineties. I just remember it watching it at like when you weren't old enough to drink, you go hang out in somebody's house. In high school, my basement, yeah. and like yeah. my basement, and it would like yeah. just be on TV, and we'd be watching it because we we're all children of the yeah. '80s. So, but yeah, you guys definitely had a right time, right place to capitalize on this '80s and '90s nostalgia with a car show, and yeah. 
I mean, that wasn't. It definitely wasn't by accident. Like you, you, you guys saw it coming mm-hmm. and capitalized on it, and it's awesome. So we thank you for that because we are having fun going to them. We're having fun riding your coattails of the Radwood Show. Yes. <laughs> but yes, and we're more than willing to do anything you want us to do to help out promoting it or helping out the show or whatever. So cult of Radwood. Well, I mean, yeah. This is uh, this is definitely a good start. Just having me on the show and talking about it, I've, I've appreciated that for sure. Yeah, no, we've wanted um, to have you on for a long time, even from back when you were on Camden Top on a regular basis, because we had Cam on. I, sw- and... I swear I've been on the show before, but you have not. Right. Nope, nope. <laughs> All right, all right. You've just been on so many podcasts where just one of the others. Yeah, yeah I guess. That show, yeah. I guess I've been there. Um, I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. So yeah, I mean, I'm I I love the show. I'm I'm glad that you guys are trying to, you know, do something outside of the norm. You have like actual educational bits and stuff. It's fun. Um, we try, we try. Those are yeah, hard. Those are hard because I'm, they require work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super grateful that you guys have been uh, on board with Radwood since the beginning. So. Yeah, since um, yeah. We've we've been Radwood since before there was a Radwood. So when it came up, we're like, man, we need this in our lives. As I sit here, still in my cargo pants that I've been wearing since 1993. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, awesome. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the next show, and this will be your guys' third event. It will be, yeah, yeah, because we flew to LA and we drove to Atlanta, and now we're we're you're you're gonna have to deal. Because we're coming strong with a lot of Mitsubishis to Redwood, Philadelphia. I, you know, we have not had enough Mitsubishis. It's been. You're, you're not going to say that after Redwood, Philadelphia, because I think we have five <laughs> or six Monteros, possibly oh, two good. Delicas, um, and I know of at least three Snarians. I hope not, it, this is not counting our cars. <laughs> I hope it looks like right. a Mitsu dealer in 1994. Yes, <laughs> the used the used car department of a 1993 Mitsubishi dealer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we um, ourselves are bringing at least three Mitsubishi's. So yeah, awesome. And we have, like I said, uh, we have a ton. We have most most of the Northeast Mitsubishi owners know we know them, and we're pushing them to go. So, in fact, our Montero group, if anybody, not our Montero group, but the local Montero group is going, and if anybody else is going, they're planning an after party. Um, they go through the cool. Pine Barrens. in New Jersey, and they're going to do an off road trip the next day through the that that evening. Excuse me. Through the New Jersey Pine Barrens, so. you don't have to have a Mitsubishi. Oh, sounds... You could show up with your anybody with a four wheel drive vehicle can go do this event. They're open. Yeah. They're open to anybody coming and joining. They're a good mm. group of guys. The Maybe pine... I should drive. Maybe I should drive the Audi. There you go. Yeah, the, I think uh... the Pine Barrens is mostly just like <laughs> sandy. The Pine Barrens is mostly sandy dunes through pine trees. It's yeah. a bizarre landscape. Okay. I've done it myself. I did it last summer with the same Montero group. Um, but they're definitely doing an event. I think it's going to be the day of Radwood after Radwood. They're gonna drive there. Okay. It's only like an hour and a half away, um, and they're gonna do a you know rest of the day off road trip. And I think the plan is they're gonna camp that night if you want to, and then go home Monday morning. They can um, okay. Go look so, for the Jersey Devil out there in the Pine Barrens. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so anybody bringing a four wheel drive vehicle, I highly recommend you look up our friend Eric, who will be there in his Montero, because he's leading the charge on this one. So his Raider. Nice. Sorry, his Raider, but yes. Yeah, there's there's going to be a glut of Mitsubishi's, so we apologize in advance, but we don't really apologize because yeah. we I, love so I swear as... we're in other cars, but it just worked out that way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as it stands, we currently have 
more cars signed up than came to Atlanta. Which is so. good because there'll be a lot of, of people just showing up too. Yep. So yes, I know. Yeah, Mike... there's there's a lot of people that buy the day before, and there's a lot of people that buy day of. Yep. Um, and there's still a month to go. And there's still a month to go. Yeah, royalty is seven tickets away from being sold out. Excellent. Yeah, I saw that our friend Chris, who we were just talking about, Delica will be in the royalty. Yes. Yes. The cool uh, that Delica is super sweet. So. Yeah, he called yeah, me like four they're... times. He's like, "Do you think uh, my car is?" Uh, Radwood Royalty? I'm like, yes, please just submit yeah. it. I'm like, if they <laughs> say no, let me know. I'll call Brad personally and tell him he need to let it in. <laughs> so, or even so, if he yeah, just went to the right. regular show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. There's there's a lot of really cool cars coming. I think Mitsubishi uh, Owner's Day was at the Navy Yard. Mitsubishi Owner's Day was down the street from the Navy Yard. Okay. Oh, cool. Um, it was in the parking lot of, is it the Flyer Stadium? It's right there? I think so. There's a, there's, a, there's a sports complex that's right there, right next to the Navy Yard. And the Mitsubishi Owner's Day was held in that parking lot, so a lot of the guys drove over to where that like aircraft carrier was parked to take pictures. Yeah. Or docked, I should say, is probably the word, not yeah. parked. Yeah. It looks like a cool, It looks like a really cool spot. Yeah, it does. I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah. So for those who don't know, the date is what? October 14th, correct? Uh, yes. Which is a Sunday, which is also it awesome. It is a Sunday. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing a Sunday show. Um, okay. Way, What's your uh, meaning behind that? It's way less stress because you have really? you got to work on Friday and you're not like I have to scramble to be ready for nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Okay. You have the entire day Saturday to prepare for it, and then it's over at like one or two in the afternoon, and you can go home if you wanted to and be ready for work the next day. Awards are at three. Just okay. To... Even 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 at three o'clock, I could leave. This for us, for us specifically, six, hour six drive, hours away. A six-hour drive at, at you know three o'clock in the afternoon is not the end of the world. You know what I mean. Whereas on, if I had to be there at nine a.m. on a Saturday, I would have to leave work at five o'clock on a Friday, and rush down to where the show is on a Saturday morning without any kind of prep. I think it's going to be more relaxing yeah. to be able to go. All right. I think I think that we're planning on driving down on Friday night. Correct, Andrew. Yeah. So any any of our listeners that are coming from this area that are going down, if they want to, you know, caravan down with us, that'd be uh, kind of cool, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's it's. We'll see what happens. It's difficult. Yeah, but cool. hang out. to meet up with a bunch of people. Yeah. I I think I will be. Um, hopefully, anyway, I still need to talk to him about this, but I think I will be flying into Cleveland. Okay. And getting one of Cam's cars. Oh, excellent! And driving that. So I don't know what I'm going to be in. I'm hoping like the Mystic. I'll say he has the Mustang, the RX-7, and uh, yeah. BMW. I don't know what runs for Redwood, but Pennsylvania is a big state to drive across. Yes, yes. yeah. The There's Ohio to Philly trip is going to kind of be. Eh. Yeah, yeah. I've done it before. It's not impossible. Yeah, no, I um, have to. It's not great, but it happens. There's also the uh, uh, the Nissan Stanza. Oh, that's well. right too. That'd be a longer drive. <laughs> Do you have two to three days? Yeah. <laughs> That's part of the reason so, that I'm not scrambling to get my Raider ready. Because um, you're not sure it would make it. No, I know it would make it. I'm not worried about that. It's just it would be a long, lumbering drive at you know. Oh, I see. I see. At 60 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Sapporo, we can just kind of, I can keep up with Andrew's newer Montero and his talent at you know. 80 the whole way there so it'll be a lot quicker of a trip 
So, Radwood prep on the Sapporo, Radwood prep on the Talon. We'll see you all there. So That sounds like fun. All right. So, the show is October 14th. Where can people buy tickets? Uh, Radwood.org. Um, or it's linked on the Facebook page a bunch of places. You can actually buy tickets through Facebook. So, um, that's an available option. Uh, or you can show up day of. Um, tickets will be a little bit more expensive just to make it so that it's fair for the people who had to pay a uh, processing fee or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And if you want merchandise, it's on your website. It is. Um, not everything, but we do have links to, to our Teespring. You can get stuff there. We don't currently have decals available, but we do have uh, hats on the site. And the hats so. are very high quality, and they're very comfortable. The hats are sweet. I have, I'm wearing one right now, and I'm slowly adding a bunch of um, pins Excellent. of That's 80s and 90s total, total 80s style. Yeah, the hat with the pins. I like so. I said going back to that conversation earlier. There's a picture of me at a car show in like 1987, and I'm wearing um, like knee high gray socks with yellow and green stripes, um, hot pink short shorts, and a baby blue t-shirt, <laughs> and a neon green painter's cap that's covered in pins. Okay. Why aren't you wearing this to Philadelphia? Because uh, it barely fit me when I was six, and definitely will not fit me at 37. <laughs> I mean, they make those things in adult sizes. Yeah, I could possibly recreate, recreate that picture, but nobody wants to see 37-year-old me in short shorts. And anybody that wanted to see 6-year-old me in short shorts shouldn't have wanted it either, because that's just creepy and weird. But <laughs> that was just a style at the time. It wasn't weird then. It'd be weird now. All right. Well, we don't want to keep you all night. So, um... Well, it's only 6.30 here, so... <laughs> that's a valid point. We have three more hours with you. Go settle in and get drinking. <laughs> But uh, I, it, it's been great having you on, Brad. Um, it's good to talk to you again. We had fun in Atlanta. I'm glad that we can finally make it happen and get you on here. We had a little for te- sure. technical issue in the beginning. We figured it out. I was playing with the mixing board and messed it up. But it's all better now. It. Don't forget to edit that well, part hopefully, out. Well, <laughs> hopefully it all worked. I think it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds and, good uh, in my headphones. I think everybody will appreciate it. So, um where can they find you on uh, the social medias? If you'd like to plug oh, that. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> just about everywhere. You have to um, 930. It's okay, I remember? Am... <laughs> there is uh, Radwood Official on Instagram and Twitter. And then we have the Radwood Facebook page. And now there are a ton of regional Radwood Facebook pages. So if you live in a region, um, you can find that through there as well. Uh, I am at BC Brownell on Twitter. I am at Turbo Brad. That's Turbo H B R A D uh, on Instagram. And find me on Facebook. I'll add you as my friend. That's fine. And where can they find your writing? Ah, that's a good question as well. Um, currently, I am the Sunday man for jalopnik.com. Uh, all day Sunday is all me, all the time. And then I do Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evenings, um, as well as I write for uh, a Porsche site called flatsixes.com. And then I freelance a bunch of other places I've had work in, um, let's see, Bring a Trailer, Haggerty, Auto Week, uh, European Car that no longer exists. Um, I I like that you still promote that, though. 
You can buy uh, you can buy back I'm, issues of European Car on eBay and read yeah, Bradley's work. I'm still I'm still proud of it because it was the magazine that I read when I was a kid. Yeah, so. no, it's awesome. Like when I and I when I had there's been two print articles about my Sapporo, and I will bring it up at any given time because it makes me very happy. <laughs> one was in yeah. Hemming Sports and Exotic Car, and one was in Auto Week. I always wanted to write for Sport Compact Car, and clearly that can never happen now. So yeah, that. that's that's been that's been ten years now. I know that's surprising. That's a long time. Uh, uh, I think I think Sport Compact Car was one of the magazines that really got me into cars. It, and... def- it definitely got Andrew and I into the cars that we're into. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was the substance. It was it was like yep. the technical stuff is what I always liked. So that's what got it. And I blame I blame Grassroots Motorsports magazine for putting the nail in that coffin. Yeah, another great one. <laughs> putting the nail in the coffin of sport so, compact or putting the nail in the coffin uh, of your no, interest all right of of me um liking quasi terrible cars well you're like a super user on grassroots motorsports so or you were yeah yeah i was i just rejoined for the first time in five years and i still have the same account um i have like fifteen thousand posts on that forum so. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Well, anyway, so, anyway. Uh, it was great having you on. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. We'll uh, wrap this up here. Brad, where can they find you? As always, on my I very easy... I told you! Oh. <laughs> as easy on my... my As always, on my very easy to remember Instagram handle of TSISS350. TSIS. TSIS350, as it's been called in the past. You can find our podcast, Auto Off Topic Podcast, on Facebook. Auto off topic on auto off topic on Instagram. You can find me raced in anger on Instagram. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, as always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses.